Okay, good evening, everyone. So lovely to be here this evening. I think this is like the third time now. Um, so thank you, Dave, for bringing me back. Appreciate. Um, so when I was told about um, the series that you guys have been doing on kindness, I was a bit intimidated because I feel like, yo, what more can you say on kindness? Um, and so it really challenged me. However, at um, New One Vineyard, where I'm based, we've been doing a series at the moment between looking at the tension between truth and grace. And I thought, okay, how can I take this and apply it with kindness? And so basically, I'm going to start off by saying when I first came and did my first sharing here, um, I was in a different season of my life where I was really waiting on Jesus for so much. Um, I was looking for a job. Um, not much certainty, long distance in my relationship, really just needing Jesus. And today I'm so grateful to say that since that time, I've got full-time employment, I've gotten married, and have the life that I'm truly so grateful to Jesus for. And I can say that with all of my heart, that the journey that Jesus has taken me on um, has allowed me to grow in a much deeper way with Him. And so since I recently got married... I thought it'd be applicable for me to share some of the challenges I've experienced in marriage. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, now, marriage is everything I expected, but it's also nothing like I expected. I mean, you think you know someone until you're having to put up curtains in your house for the entire house. Let me tell you, I wouldn't recommend. Bring your mother, your mother-in-law, get someone else to do it, but wouldn't recommend you doing it alone with your partner. All I can say is that my husband, Elijah, truly is the most patient and gracious human being that I know because I wouldn't have put up with any of the sass and attitude I was giving him. Now, being married has also opened my eyes to many things. And in fact, I truly believe it has allowed me to have a far better understanding of tension and as well as choosing kindness daily. Because in certain situations, Elijah and myself could be on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. When two things are so different from one another, it is bound to create some friction and tension. For example, I am passionate about time. Being on time, managing time, just being passionate about it. Elijah, however, let's say he's a bit more relaxed about time. And so for me, obviously, he's not worrying about it. He's going with the flow. I'm more of, okay, I'll go with the flow, but like, when does the flow start? And when is it going to end? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's my vibe. And so now, obviously, we've got two completely different outlooks on time. And so when met head on, will cause tension. And unless we want the same tension every single time we have an event, something definitely needs to change. So I just want to read John chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. Let me make sure. Sorry, Gavin. Apologies. <laughs> but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. 
When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Okay. In this this story, Jesus presented with a woman by the Pharisees who was caught in the act of adultery. Now, the prophecies were hoping to catch Jesus in a trap because according to Jewish law, in cases of adultery, it called for stoning of the person committing the act. If Jesus released the woman, he would be be accused of breaking the law of Moses. And on the other hand, if Jesus recommended the stoning of the woman, he'd be breaking Roman law, which would result in allowing his reputation to be destroyed by the people who loved him and believed that he was the son of God. Now instead, Jesus simply turned it back onto the Pharisees by saying he who is without sin can throw the first stone knowing that none of the Pharisees would be allowed to do that. By doing this, he not only preserved the Jewish and Roman law, he was also able to be a witness of the love and grace that he had been speaking about. He cared for her needs, which included love and mercy, but it didn't end there. And now I just want to bring up John chapter 8, verses 10 to 11, just the last part, John chapter 8. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now, in the first part of John chapter 8, Jesus spoke words of grace and love, mercy and kindness. He did not condemn her. However, he also could not just forget about the sin to make her feel better. He addressed the sin by telling her to walk away from it and sin no more. Jesus showed the perfect harmony between truth and love. Because Jesus loved her, he showed her grace and mercy. And because he loved her, that is why he told her to walk away from sin, so that she could experience the incredible freedom of a new life in Christ. Both were done out of love. If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Instead, Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And as Christians, I believe that often we have gotten this wrong. We are either all truth or all love. We will either tell someone straight to their face that they are a sinner and that they need to turn from their ways, or we tell them everything is okay, Jesus loves you. Now there are problems with both of these responses. In the first one, By only speaking the truth, you are in the process giving Christians a bad name because you're coming across as judgmental and even hypocritical. And it could even lead to someone who is already struggling, maybe with Christians, maybe getting into the church. Now you're condemning them and judging them. And of course, they're going to turn away. This is extremely damaging. However, in the second scenario, we are compromising the fullness of Jesus' word. And we are also doing a disfavor to someone, making someone, someone, a believer specifically, believe that the sin that they are in is okay. And because we don't actually want to ruffle any feathers, we let it be. Once again, extremely damaging. Now, a lot of what has been said about speaking the truth in love is that you meet in the middle, 50-50. Jesus shows in the story that it was 100%, 100%. It was not in any way adjusted. 
Jesus didn't compromise the truth, but he also didn't compromise on showing the full love of Christ. He was 100% truth, 100% grace, 100% of the time. He was able to do both fully, and we therefore are encouraged to do the same. All love, all grace, all truth, all kindness. Meaning we should never compromise the truth, but we should also not condemn, judge, or belittle others in the process, for we too are sinners. and We all fall short. However, we shouldn't be airy-fairy and live in the gray and let things go because we don't want to cause conflict. And I feel like I specifically struggle because I'm all truth all the time. I'm black and white. No such thing as gray. I will tell you straight that was wrong. No problem. I might do it a bit nicer to other people, except my family and my husband. I'll tell you straight. <laughs> Whereas other people, maybe my husband, will rather not tell me that I've done something wrong. Cool, I'm fine in the moment, but it might cause other problems later down the line. Both responses are not good. We both need to be able to be 100% truth and 100% love, 100% of the time. And I feel like this is where kindness can be challenged. You see, I think sometimes us as Christians, we, we mistake kindness and in the sense of, because I don't want to cause conflict, I'm just going to love you. Jesus is love, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to be kind to you. Yes, 100% true. 100% that's what Jesus has called us to be. Being 100% kind, 100% of the time. But the thing is, kindness isn't just being nice to someone. Kindness is actually, it is so much more than that. You know, kindness is not just being nice to you, being like kind to you, loving to you. I believe that it's far deeper. Being kind means I'm being steadfast in love to you. That's what kindness means to me. Steadfast in love. And in fact, everything I do can be done in love, even the truth. If I have a look at Ephesians 4 verse 25, it says, Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. We are not called to just say the truth in love, but to be the truth in love. It says, put off all falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. And like I will repeat, kindness is not just being nice to someone. I believe it has to do with my steadfast love that I have for you, that Jesus has for me. Being honest about who you are, about your flaws. Kindness is so much deeper than just, let me pull a chair out for you. Let me get you a cup of coffee. It's more than that. Kindness is so much deeper. I believe I'm having an act of kindness towards you when I'm vulnerable with you. When I tell you this is where I messed up, this is what I did wrong. Kindness is me telling you that I'm not perfect, and that I make mistakes all the time. And that it's okay with me being honest and with me being broken, because when I'm broken and when I'm honest and truthful about where I made mistakes and where I've gotten it wrong, it also allows others to be more open and responsive to hearing the truth. And the truth that they maybe really do need to hear. Speaking the truth, because the truth truly will set you free, and it's important. So for example, if I'm having a, a conflict with someone, my natural go-to is just to tell you straight up what you're doing is wrong. 
How often won't even look at my own issues? I'll tell you straight, you're wrong. However, if I just had to be like, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. For me, that's also kindness. It's owning up to what you've done wrong and allowing openness now to be able to look at conflict a bit differently. And it doesn't even have to be conflict, it can be any area in your life that you're struggling with. The moment you're able to own up and to be love and not just speak love, that's when things can really change. However, like I said, the truth that we're speaking also applies to you. And therefore, before you can speak the truth, look at yourself and live out this truth. I cannot call someone out for lying or swearing when I just did the same thing. I cannot look at the speck in your eye and not look at the plank in mine. And, and I find that sometimes when we want to help someone, because I love you as a brother and I want to help you, I need to look at myself as well. And I need to look at myself. With the same kindness that God has asked me to look at others, I need to look at myself as well. When you want to look, when you want to help someone with the truth, look at how Jesus was the perfect example. Jesus never compromised the truth. But because he loved her, he shared the truth in the way, in a way that she was able to be open to and responsive to. And I know that maybe today's sharing hasn't necessarily been kindness and how to be kind and the practical ways to be kind. And I'm sorry if that's not exactly what you expected this evening. But I think I myself have just been challenged about how we look at the basic things and just take it as face value. When kindness is so much deeper than that. Kindness is a steadfast love towards another person. And that's every other person. And it's not just saying love, it's being love in everything that you do, in everything that you are. Because at the end of the day, as Christians, we cannot compromise the truth anymore. We need to be steadfast in what we believe. But everything that we say and everything that we do can be done in a way that's loving and that is kind. And because Jesus loves us and that's what he's called us to do. And so that is me for the evening. I'm sorry it was a bit short. But I think yeah, that's just been my challenge. To not just take things as face value, as being kind or something. It's just getting a cup of coffee. It can be that but it's also so much more. So I just want to pray for you guys this evening, if you'll allow me. Yes, Jesus, just thank you for this evening and thank you for just the honor and privilege to just to be in your presence, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for the way that you show us that everything can be done in love, that everything that you are is love and kindness and good. Jesus, I pray that you allow that same love and kindness and who you are to be shown through us, through other people. I pray that you allow us to become vulnerable with other people, to open our hearts up to other people. So that kindness can be shown in so many more ways than just simple gestures. And I just ask this evening that you'll touch each one of our hearts, Jesus, and show us where in certain areas that we can have more kindness. And Jesus, I just pray for the rest of this evening and that you'll bless this evening, bless the worship team, bless everyone still involved as part of the, the, the service. In your holy, precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Can we stand together, guys?
just want to encourage us tonight to just really lean into the Lord. God can do anything 